Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Paul Mellon McFadden, sitting here in sunny Riyadh, and I've got my boy, Raph, Tio Raph Espinosa. How are you, mate? Good, man. Good. Always good, man. It's been a while. We were just talking offline. It's been a while. Yeah. <clears throat> it has Fucking been a while. I'll, no joke. You know, Raph and I have just had sort of contra-rotating buddy work schedules, and it's been really difficult to get together. And it's just life of two pilots, I reckon. We just hit like a phase where we're just out of sync with each other. And, and no joke, I've, I really miss you. I've been looking forward to catching up. I know. I was actually really bummed when I thought we weren't going to be able to, because um, at first the schedules we were throwing around, I think you said it wasn't going to work for you. So I was like, ah, for fuck's sake, I got to, I got to, it's just me and Mike again. You know, and I just, that gets old. Anyone who, anyone who listens to the show knows what I'm talking. It just, it just gets old and my back gets tired from carrying the show and my legs are tired, just stiff. And so it was, it's just, it was a, a breath of fresh air to actually have a professional like Melon and not like, uh, not like Mike. I mean, we, we got a lot of messages from people who were just like, man, we have just had a, a gutful of Mike. We don't need him. We don't want him. Can we please have an episode without him? Give him a break. And yeah. So the people requested and, and we're, we're, Happy to oblige. I'm just, that's just who we, we are. The voice. We listen to the voice of the people. Yeah, we're we're agreeable to a fault. Yeah, that's yeah. us. Yeah. So how's no. everything been going? Then? You've been uh, you've been working a lot. You've been away a lot. Yeah, it's it, it it ebbs and flows in the industry, man. It's um you know either you're you're like, I mean, on average, you know, we get about 15 days off a month. Um, some, some months you'll have closer to like 17, 18 days. Other, other months you'll have, uh, you know, closer to 12 just because there's so much flying. Um, I think last month I probably had 15 or 16 days off, which was a good little bit. But um, it, there was some stuff that we had to go do. Like we flew to Savannah, Georgia to work on a rental property, and that took up a big chunk of my uh, personal time and that was just literally waking up every morning at like four or five in the morning and then just being literally just just working like every every night i mean i was working till about eight or nine um so i was just beat you know so that that month just disappeared but uh this month is a little bit more mellow um really great trips that i have coming up um and not only that, I have a couple of trips where I get to go to places where I have really close friends. Actually, one of them is D.C. I'll be in D.C. this weekend. And I was in D.C. last weekend. And uh, I have three really, really great friends. Shout out to James Boggs, Paul Hansen, and Pat Curran. And uh, yeah, all these these dudes all came down to meet me when I landed in D.C. And we went out for dinner and just, you know, just caught just old army mates. And they're all they're all at the Pentagon. So it's just kind of cool to to just hear how miserable they are and just happy that I, I punched out when I did. <laughs> and no one was, no one must have been headquarters. People want to be in the, in the, I know in the field in Australia, yeah. it's the same thing. All roads lead to Canberra. That's like our Washington DC is the capital city. And that's where all defense headquarters is and everything. And everyone's like, man, defense jobs. That's where they go. And nobody wants to go there. No, it's a, it's a dumpster fire, man. But it's, it's one of the things when you're, when you're at that level, right? If you're an O5 or W5, that's just, you know, that's, that's where you go. You you start to write policy, you start to, you know, be a whatever, like a, 
attache or an aide to a general, whatever. Those are just the positions you're going to go to as a, as a light colonel and potentially a full bird colonel or whatever. But great dudes, man. And we had, you know, like I said, we caught up just dudes I hadn't seen in, in a little bit. So I was super excited. And again, I get yeah. to see him again. So Saturday I leave and I'll be there for literally the whole day. And then I come back Sunday. So it's just, it's hard to complain about a job like that where I'm getting paid to go hang out with friends, which is why I don't do it. <laughs> but you got to take the good you got to take the good with the bad like everything's yeah. always a compromise and so i know we've been talking a little bit about the some of the challenges of being away and coming home and managing that and you know that's happening for both of us a lot at the moment we probably have a new level of mastery there or we're facing new challenges that are different in that space and that's you know, that's part of our life, you know, and I know that's going to be, that's always the same for Mike going like the away and, and back to deployment. I mean, that, that's why he's not here right now. So he's, he's obviously off doing things that those kinds of people do. And there's a long list of training. Those guys got to work their way through. So, you know, it's, it's been like that for me recently as well, that whole managing time away and coming back and coming back to the family and um, having teenage kids is different. You know, like the, the, the 14 and 16-year-old versions of the kids, it's just like different challenges and, uh, you know, a different environment. The kids, I think things crest, you know, like the peak difficulty I reckon is like somewhere around, I don't know, two or three where they just need, maybe even younger than that, you know, just the amount of sleep you get and the interaction you have with, with your kids. So, you know, like... It's, it's just crazy. Michael in the last month has started going to the gym. Like him and all of his mates, like Dallas' son and his mates, and even some of the guys who aren't here, but they all stay in a really strong connected network on online gaming and whatnot. They've all just decided some something's a switch has clicked. You know, they're starting to get their first couple of silver hairs on their back or whatever it is, and they're all decided they want to go to the gym. Yeah. That's just like a crazy thing when you I'm looking at him like, man. I, I washed you the first time and dressed you, you know, like your first ever clothes that went on your body, I put on you. And now you're in the gym and you're, you're talking about hand position on the bar for squats and, you know, a push pull versus a back and buys, you know, like. Yeah. And, and I reckon that none of this was, I'm sure none of it was motivated by a young girl in a skirt or, you know, some, some good looking, you know, I'm sure it's purely just for the athleticism of it. I'm sure. I mean, they're definitely at that stage where sport is just super important. It's just such a massive part of their lives, these boys. But, but yeah, definitely at 14, that's when, you know, like the girls change from like stinky, weird creatures to like there's something somehow interesting about these, this 50% of the population that I, I really didn't notice before. <laughs> the mercury switch clicks in the brain, I think, yeah, around it. I mean, it's all linked, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I've been going through a whole thing with Michael just, just around exercise and talking. It's just, I mean, that's, I was 13 when I started training in the gym. It was back in the day, the rowing club were the, they were the only people who were allowed to go to the gym when you were 13. You have your rowing coach in there teaching your weights and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> haven't stopped since probably the same as you you know, start as a teenager and get some strong habits. And Michael is just like right into it, you know, like I'll be on a video call when I'm away 
and I'll see him in the background getting out my protein and mixing up like the shake that you and I both make yeah. <laughs> with the flax, the flax meal and the flax oil and cocoa and the whole thing, right? And he's just making that up in the background. I'm like, this is a, a different stage, you know, and it's like starting to see there's going to be a point where he's going to be a grown man. He's going to be an adult. And that's been like, couldn't even think about it, you know, six months ago, the thought occurred to me. Well, I mean, so it's, I'd like to just point something out that, that you said earlier, and we, this is when we were talking about, well, you, you specifically, you know, were making the, the pointed statement that, you know, when I was talking about my life here on the mountain and just the things that I've been doing, and you said, you know, that was by design. Like, you know, you, um, you're, you're here because I, you, like you said, back in 2017, you, you and I were having these discussions and you could see that I had laid out this path and I was going to take these steps and make these sacrifices. And, and I, shit, you were on the rumor. We came up to the property before the house was even built. And I kind of yeah. tried to describe what we were going to do with it. And, you know, this is, it, and even back then we didn't have like a, a solid, solid plan of what we were going to do, but the point is like, you've kind of watched me and it's kind of strange because to me, it's just something that I've been kind of going through personally, but to have someone so close to me and be like, no, I've been watching you talk about yeah. this and taking these very deliberate steps. And so when you're here, it's like, I'm, you're just basically here to remind me, like there was no accident. You deliberately kind of, yeah. you know, you, you brought yourself to this point. So it's when, when you talk about Michael, you know, ever since I've met you guys, met the McFads, and just the way I've seen you guys interact with him and Annie and the relationship that, that you guys have. I mean, clearly I, I would expect nothing less from Michael. You know what I mean? Like the same habits that he's been watching you do, going to the gym, you know, just um, doing the protein shakes, trying to eat sensible, like all yeah. that stuff. Like it, it all, you know, kids, what, what do they always say? Kids, uh, do like less less than one percent of what you tell them to do, but they'll do ninety nine percent of what they watch. Watch yeah. you do. It's one hundred percent true. So like just over your uh, left elbow, you know, we've just got a perfect snapshot there of the bean when he was the little bean, you know, and like yeah. his little face there. There you have it, people. That's the before photo of the bean when he's he was a little man. You can see his same little face inside it, right? Just beautiful, beautiful shot. And so I was talking to Raph about where he is now. He's, he's in this role with his airline job and he's away in home and there's challenges that come from that. And he's in this house that he's on this block of land. And it, it's exactly true what Raph just said, you know, that this life Raph is, is leaving, living right now was just an idea. It was just a, a concept. It was a possibility. It was a dream, whatever, whatever the word you want to think of. And Raph has created this life and there's, challenges and you you know you're up to your waist in troubles sometime and, and and graft and challenges and whatnot but you pictured something in the future and then you've walked you've worked really hard to get to where you are right now like i know i know how hard you're working man you know we'd have these conversations in 2017 and you talk about michael and annie at that stage who were like eight and ten yeah and you know it's it's just such a beautiful thing to watch from the outside and that's one of these joys you get of having friends that you stay connected with over the years and you get to see like the path that you were like watching them create and where has it gone now 
And it's not always that you see things have just naturally unfolded in a good way. Like we all have people we know who've had a hard life and, and often it's been because of some maybe easy decisions were being made, you know, sort of like slight, I'll take the easy path here versus I'm going to graft away at something that is difficult, but worthwhile. And it's just such a joy to see you where you are now, man, with your happy little man who runs to meet you when you come in the door. <laughs> Dude, that's the best part. Uh, and that's what that's what the that's what inspired this topic because we I was just kind of telling you about um because we were talking about working out with the boys and you were talking about Michael yeah. and I started talking about Soren and I said, you know, just a couple of days ago I was uh working out. Well, I we were he he and I were outside playing with his cars and his little his little city that he had built. And and I and I was thinking, like, oh shit, I like I, it dawned on me that, you know, most of the morning was already gone. And I was like, I really need to get a workout in before, you know, I go on with the rest of my day. So I, I just said, Hey, uh, do you mind if I just, if daddy just gets a workout in? He's like, Oh no, that's fine. So I run back inside. I put on some shorts. I put on um, some sneakers. I come out with like a jump rope and I'm just kind of making an impromptu. It's not what I had planned for the day, but I just thought I, it's, I just need to move. Right. I need to go do something. Um, I want to do something like zone two, zone three type workout. So uh, I bring out this jump rope and I'm on the concrete slab outside of my garage. And, you know, I, the house that we have on the property, it's kind of a beam, this mountaintop. So, you know, I've got elevation on the property, tons of elevation. And so I was like, okay, I'll just do some quick sprints up this mountain and back. Um, and then I'll do some jump rope and I'll just do like a quick, quick circuit. And after he saw me do the first circuit, he basically stood at the edge of the lawn and like was just waiting for me as I'm coming down the mountain. And uh, he's like, daddy, you know, I, I want to do it with you. And I was like, all right. So then I kind of changed my workout a little bit, you know, so now I would just do the pushups in the grass and he would do them with me. And then we would sprint across the grass before I sprinted back up the mountain. And, you know, he would watch me do the jump rope and I try to talk, but anyways, just, but just that having that little shared moment, you know, um, I mean, it just, it, it like, it took everything I had not to get emotional just because it was such a special, like, he, you know, he's with his dad, he's doing things that his dad's doing, but I, but I'm also very fully aware that these things that I'm sharing with him are things that are going to kind of push him along the path that I'm hoping to push him. Like none of this is an accident, right? I didn't like, I deliberately, I, I deliberately incorporated my workouts with him around him so that like, he's yeah. kind of part of it. You know what I mean? So like, this isn't foreign to him. Like, um, and, and it was, you were talking similarly about Michael. And so that's kind of what inspired this conversation. Yeah. So, so we're sort of talking about, you know, being a father who goes away and comes back to the home. And there's a lot of people who have that experience in some way, whether it's military or whether they shift work as a first responder, or all of us often will have to go and do some kind of remote work for periods. You know, not everyone gets to be with their family all the time, but then there's heaps of guys who do. So we're just talking about being being a dad, you know, being a husband, being a dad at this stage of life where, where we're at, I'm at now with, with my guys at 14, 16. And the bean now, is he is he four? Four and a half, yeah. He'll be five in November. Oh, no, that's right. He's close to Michael's birthday. And, it, like, this is this is what we we just naturally fell into this conversation, Raph and I, we see each other after having, we haven't spoken for a while. So exercise is a really big thing like when you've just been describing modeling behavior versus telling you know 
got your cigarette and your beer and you're like, you know, don't do drugs, kids, as you're sitting on the couch with the remote watching football. <clears throat> you know, what's the kid learning? They're going to, as you just said, 100% observation of behaviour is always going to trump some sort of trite one-liner. You know, you say something or you tell them something and observe behaviour and even more when it's an interactive behaviour. So it's funny now seeing Michael, he goes to the gym with his mates and he's quite technical in his setup for like squats or deadlifts. And, you know, I mean, I know you're laughing because you're just picturing Michael doing squats and deadlifts. Right? It's, funny. it's funny. So Michael was really big on like where his hands go and the exact grip and the chest position and all that setup because we did this all maybe four or five years ago, just a little bit here, a little bit there, taking them through, just empty bar, Annie and he both. And all of that stuck. So now he will talk about, you know, when I'm getting the, the bar and getting my ready for my squats, I'll rotate my thumbs up and I'll get my shoulders in. When he's doing overhead press, he'll rotate his hands down for these specific parts of grip. And, you know, he gets in from school, rides in, drops his bag, has something to eat, and then immediately he's like, right, I'm off to the gym and jumps on his bike and rides back to the gym with his mate. And it's, you know, like I, I have these strong memories of, of my brother Hugh and I doing this when we were 13, 14, 15, you know, training together. And it can just be such a strong ingredient to add into a, into a life when you're in the adolescent phase. Like you can, I think that there's really strong opportunities for, for habit formation at that age, you know, whether it's good or bad. And if you can be inserting the good stuff and they've been seeing these solid things from mum and dad for their whole life, it's just, it's a natural thing. You know, you can just fall into that pattern of, all oh, that's just what people do. They get up in the morning and run up and down the mountain yeah, and do and, push-ups. Yeah, and it's and to be completely open to, it's not just me. I mean, Aubrey goes to the gym, I think, just about every day. Whenever she doesn't go to work, she goes to the gym. Um, we have a gym. We have a gym at the house downstairs that we usually use. I use. I probably use it more in the winter time uh, when I go. You know, for whatever reason, it's just I'm trying to save uh, time on the road driving down to our gym because we have actually a really nice gym that we go to. They've just they've got everything, especially the sauna, which is what I love going down there for. But so it's it's something that like that he's witnessed since he was a little bean, literally. I mean, even his aunt Stephanie and his uncle Stephen, which is my wife's twin and her husband. You know, whenever they do babysit him, guess where they go? They go to the gym. So for him, the gym is something that adults do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he like yeah. he's very aware. Like when I wake up in the morning, like, hey, daddy, what are we doing today? I'm like, we're going. Where do you think we're going to go? He's like, are we going to like you? You'd be shocked how many times he goes, are we going to the gym today? I'm like, yeah, we're going to the gym today. It's just it's just because it's normal nature to him. You know, it's just it's it's what we're it's like you said, it's just it's what we do. Um, and and so it really is kind of cool to watch him uh, kind of transform a little bit, but then, but there's other little pieces too. And we were talking about, um, you know, leaving and, and coming home and how, um, you know, the, the heart can grow fonder when, when you're away. And, and that's true. And then I said, well, that's true. But, but I said, it could also kind of bite you in the ass if you don't have like ex expectation management. Cause sometimes you've got this idea of this grandeur, like this kind of grand, you know, ceremony that's going to be like given in your on your behalf. And by the way, that's awesome that it's happening to you. It's not always like that for me, right? Because when I come home, mm -hmm. Aubrey's putting out a thousand fires. She's got she's prepping for a PA school. She's 
got little man. She's, you know, she's trying to do stuff, at, you know, like yard work outside. It's like literally as soon as I get to the house, it's like I'm putting on my work boots and I'm putting on my hat and I'm literally trying to like help out with things that are, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, just, we got a little guy. He's, you know, he's four and a half. Like usually somebody has to make sure they're watching after him. So the other person can get stuff done. So it's, it's just a little different. And I've had to learn the hard way because, you know, it stings and you're like in your head, you're like, I'm going to get home and everyone's going to fucking just do cartwheels. I will say though, uh, Soren, without a doubt, as soon as he sees me, wherever he's at, he literally just runs straight to me. Like as soon as he sees me after, you know, three or four days of being gone. And that's that, that, that little, you know, terrorist, that's how he melts my heart. Just runs straight to me and just, you know, hugs me and Daddy! and it's just, you know, it's just, if time could stop, man, that I would be okay if I just pa- passed away that second. That's it's so nice, man. It's so nice to hear there's these similar thoughts and similar challenges and similar uh really great bits. You know, I mean, that thought of it's you know, it's the Academy Awards, there's gonna be red carpet rolled out, there's gonna be fireworks, there's gonna be spotlights. As you come walking in, you know, you've been away gathering resources for the family. But the reality of a four-year-old child and the reality of life for everyone is everyone's busy, right? And you, where I'm at, the kids, because this, this is the thing, you know, like I've seen, Raph saw my kids at eight and 10. And that's when we were just super close and Raph was here all the time. And then now he's got a four-year-old. And so it's like not far, just over the next rise, is that life of what Michael was like when you met him when he was eight. And then I've got right. 14 to 16 year old, you know, and that's like another around the bend after the hill sort of thing. And honestly, the parenting, maybe it's not the case for everyone, but for me, definitely it's gotten easier. It's the peak workload, the peak difficulty with the waking up and through the night and the hundred percent care my two guys are really at this self-sustaining stage, you know, like Michael's babysitting for neighbors and, you know, and he'll just gonna, it's just music all day, every day, you know, playing drums, decoding how a certain track was structured and all the musical theory and all of those kinds of things. And so like that going away and coming back, it's, it's still like that though for me. Like I come in the door and Annie will get up and out come the earpods for whatever she's just been listening to. And it's a, a big hug and a conversation. And when Michael gets home from school, you know, there's, a, there's like a lot of affection in our family that we're just, I'm keeping it as normal, you know, like I never want it to there be a stage where there wouldn't be a kiss and a hug between me and my son or me and my daughter. And, you know, there's such beautiful moments in the mayhem. I know that you would have those still with just that four-year-old child you're coming back to and that sort of house versus coming home to a 14, 16-year-old, you know, and I know the path that you're on now and where you're going to be because you're so intentional in your parenting and you're so intentional in the life you're creating. Um, but it's just, a, it's just a beautiful thing to hear. But some of the stuff that we've been, we, we wanted to talk about it, just the challenges around having this life that you and I are both living, it's in, it's not exactly the same, the duration of time away and what we're doing and stuff, but it's a life for a lot of pilots and a lot of our mates that live a similar life with 
fly in, fly out. I mean, that's super common in Australia with mining sector. A lot of tradespeople are doing that all over Australia. I know it happens a lot in North America too. But just our life involves this time away from home and coming back. And so there's like a management of that. And how do you how do you have both people feeling, both parents feeling rewarded and validated when one person's away and feeling a bit lonely and the other person's on their own with all the work to do? And you can get you can get like a split between your expectation of how things are going to be either in the away time or in the together time. And so that's some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about with you, Raf, because I really value your insights. So where yeah. we're at now with the 14 and 16-year-old, you know, like I'll, I'll message the kids or call them separately from calling Cherry, you know, like I'll call them on their devices and have like a little chat and or a, or a text message here and there. You know, Annie will send me the music she's listening to and, and so on. And so there's this really beautiful like individual contact point I can get now. And that's only recent that that's been, been the case in the last couple of months. And so maintaining that connection as, as dad and or they'll see me every night, Cherry and I will have a call every night when I'm away because I stay in the same time zone, which is different from you. And, uh, you know, like we typically will watch an episode of some, you know, like a Netflix or a prime sort of TV show together. And the kids know that we do that and they'll, they'll come into the room with Cherry while she's doing it and just say hi to me while we're watching, or, you know, a little bit of a moment together. And so they know that there's this contact that occurs just routinely during the day and they're participating in it. And then when I come home, like it's a very stable routine. My away and home time is, is like a constant, consistent return. So they know, I'm, they know when I'm going to be here and, and when I'm going to be away. But um, what sort of challenges are you seeing now where you're at in the you know, four-year-old at home and your flying routine and the swing shift and it's, it's time zone changes and routine changes each month, month to month. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to talk about them. Um, and this is just my own, you know, it's anecdotal, so it's own, my own personal experiences. But, you know, with me, the fact that I, I am shifting uh, change, you know, times a little bit, time zones from East Coast to like Hawaiian time uh, and then everything in between, I don't get to call home. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I should, but I don't always call home because sometimes when I land really, really late, clearly they're in bed. Um, or maybe I know that they're going to be at, you know, Stephanie and Steven's house and it's just so chaotic. It's really hard to get a conversation. And sometimes I'll try to sneak in just for a couple of minutes just to do a FaceTime. But, you know, everyone's so distracted. So, I, But it's just like, hey, just don't forget me. Um, so calling every night, at least routinely in my job has been challenging. I mean, it's just, it's just the reality of it. Right. So again, expectation management, I don't, I used to kind of get offended by it. I used to kind of get hurt whenever I, you know, I'd go a couple of days without like her trying to like FaceTime me or, or me, you know, FaceTiming at the right. Cause it always, the running joke was that every time I FaceTime, there was always a million distractions, right? It was never like the quiet moment in the living room when nothing was going on and, and I have everyone's undivided attention. It was fucking never like that. And so, listen, I'm human. It stings, right? Because you're like, hey, I was just calling to say everybody is, but everyone's busy, you know, in their present life, which again, I totally understand. But that's kind of what I was, what we were referring to, expectation management. Like understand that, you know, you're living your life wherever you're at and, you know, wherever you're reaching to just, put yourself in, in their shoes. Like maybe they're at a party, maybe they're with family members who 
that, you know, they're just trying to have a conversation with. So anyways, that's part of it. And the other one that it's not really a struggle, but I, I have noticed it, it kind of happens more frequently is I've noticed that on my first day when I come home, you know, Soren is absolutely bonkers to see me. Like he's doing cartwheels. He's like, daddy, like, you know, his little arms sink in my body and it just, I melt. Um, and then as the day progresses and the, our first point of where dad says no to anything, he immediately yeah. goes straight, to, he goes straight to mom. Right. So yeah. if he goes, Hey dad, can I have, I don't know, fuck Skittles or something. And I'm like, buddy, it's not even 12 noon yet. I was like, no, you need to eat a proper lunch. And yeah. he'll look at me and just kind of walk straight to, um, to, to mom. And of course I stop him dead in his tracks. Soren, come back here. What, what did I just tell you? And it's, and I understand, and there's a little bit of empathy on, on from me towards him, although I don't show it because I keep a very stern face because mom has been his world for the last three or four days. And then yeah. I just kind of pop up, you know, and clearly he knows I'm his dad and, and I'm integral to his life. But, you know, when you're living day to day for three to four days and then suddenly dad shows up, I mean, well, the authority for the last three or four days has been mom. So it's kind yeah. of a natural and I, and I, and again, I don't get offended. I, I used to kind of get offended by it. I, you know, the first time he did that to me, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I remember you- I'm, I've just been talking about this with, with Jerry and, and Michael. Like I remember the first time Michael defied me, like was a defiant little, he blew me off and he must've yeah. been, he must've yeah. been three or, you know, like pretty little. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I was just in such a state of shock. Yeah. I went into the kitchen and shut the door and I was like talking to Cherry about it. She's like, you know, I'm like, what should I do? And she's like, you're the dad. What do you? I was like, oh, that's right. Went back and I was just a little bit, I was just a little bit firm with him. And he just immediately went back to normal. Yeah. And we've been having this conversation about how maybe it's just sons, but maybe more sons, but definitely, definitely sons. I'm sure daughters do it too. Annie was always just such a sweet little angel. But there's that moment where they're going to try it on with a silverback. You know, there's like a power structure here. And humans, are. we need to figure out where we are in the hierarchy. And especially when you're going away and coming back, there's a new challenge. Because I I had the conversation with Michael. He's been babysitting. And he he knows this story, this anecdote about him when he was three. And he was babysitting another another, uh, one of the families over here, some kids were all out. And... When we got home, he came into our room and really, he really wanted to debrief when we got home. So he's just sitting in the bed with us. And he was like, the little guy tonight looked at me and I was like, oh, you know, it's time for bed, guys. And this guy's three. And he's like, you're not the boss of me. My mum's my the boss of me. And Michael was like, I didn't know what to do. And, and, and he said, yeah, but your mum has said I'm the boss for tonight, you know, so like it's time for bed. And he goes, no, 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 mum is the boss. If I fell over and hurt my knee, I'd go to mummy and she'd put the Band-Aid on. You know, it's like, and the defence rests sort of thing. And Michael's like, <laughs> he's going, and he, he had to reason his way out of it. You know, like, do you, do you go into opposition with a three-year-old? I mean, you're taking on, that's a nuclear exchange is going to occur. And so Michael was like, okay, well, right now, if you fell over and hurt your knee, who would put the mandate on, you know? And this three-year-old sort of looks around the room and he's looking at his four-year-old and eight-year-old siblings and sort of like, points at Michael. Michael's like, all right then, well, it's time for bed. And he goes, okay. 
So it's, I mean, all kids have these moments, you know, and it's like who we're all figuring out a, a, a power play and who's who in the, in the dominance hierarchy and stuff, you know? Yeah. But I, yeah, like that's one of the struggles with coming and going, right. Especially in our profession where you're, you're trying to keep a, a presence, but how do you do that when you're away? And he, again, I try to do it through FaceTime. Um, it's not as successful. What I have found is that the way I kind of counter that lack of authority, although trust me, I regain it pretty, pretty goddamn quickly, uh, <laughs> um, is, is again, I make very deliberate, um, I create very deliberate moments with him, right? So I, um, yeah. the good thing is, not the good thing, but my wife works, you know, some of the days of the week. And so those days of the week, usually when I'm home and she's gone at work, you know, I've got a solid eight hours with him and it's just him and I building a relationship. You know, I'm making a breakfast, you know, we're doing lunch together. We're probably going to the park. I make, I really do try to incorporate, like there's always stuff that I'm trying to do, try to get knocked around the house, but I, I've been better. I haven't always been this good, but I've been better, better. And I'd say in the last six months to incorporate something that I, that's just Soren specific, right? So I, I will literally stop and say, Soren, what do you want to do? And I give them options. Do you want to go to the park? Do you want to go to Riverfront? Do you want to go look at duck? Like, what do you want? Do you want to, you know, do you want to go play in the sandbox? And I try to give him at least an hour where like he kind of runs the train and we do what Soren wants to do. And what I've noticed is that immediately, like he's my boy again. You I mean like it's just, it's, it's, um, because it, it's not even about the father something. It's more like that relationship where like, you know, I'm playing, like I'm coming down at his level and it's not just, it's not yeah. just, it's not just me forcing him to be in, in my world. And like, no, I'm willing to come to your world and, and be with you, you know? And I, and that, I mean, that's another way of telling somebody you love them. Right. I mean, if you really yeah. are willing to come into their space, you know, like what grown ass man wants to play cars on a, on a molehill, like, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's a stupid four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's that, you know, we're all, yeah, that's a great point, yeah. Raph. Like because, th and there's a fine line, right? Like if you're doing activities and and he's involved in them, you know, you're doing your, uh, you know, you're getting in your cardio for the day, and he's doing like I'm just picturing to push ups in the grass just out the back of your house, and you're running him down the hill. I mean, like that is, you know, a scene from a movie, <laughs> and I know that that's you're storing that in the hard drive. For later right in the vault so he gets to he gets to participate in what you're doing and that's that's most of the day and that should be most of the day it shouldn't be from sun up to sunset the child's running the show but it's really good that at like four he gets some time where he gets to be like well i want to go and do these you know let's play blocks or whatever it, whatever it is that he's doing you know we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of this and so he gets the feeling of having to, th you know, think and come up with an idea. He's got some autonomy over his own day. You're interested and you're having fun doing what he wants to do. But there's a, that's a really solid suggestion of a concrete thing you can do with a child when you are doing this away and home stuff. Because like you, I have time at home. When I'm home, I'm home. And when I'm away, I'm not here at all. You know, 24 hours in the day you're away. Yeah. And being able to find moments to do the stuff that they like. So like at 16 and with my daughter, it's just engage with her about music. Like just dive into the Wikipedia entry for goth rock and Annie will tell you 
when when the band formed, what studio they recorded that song at, you know, who influenced the bass line in this particular song. And, you know, it, it's interesting. If you get into what they're interested in, for sure they're going to they're gonna naturally want to express that and include you later. So that's a beautiful thing to do it for. So what sort of stuff does he like doing? Like oh, when you give him, give him the lead, you're like, right, number two, yeah. take the lead. You've got the formation yeah. lead. Where does the two the, ship go? Yeah, so the last, I would say the last month, month and a half, it's been hide and seek. He loves hide and seek. He's yeah. he's the worst though. He's the absolute worst though because he hides in the same place every time. So it's <laughs> so I have to play like I don't see him. So we have to do it with the flashlight. So I'll, you know I'll walk around the area that I know he's at and be like, hmm, where where is Soren? I don't see Soren. And he, you can hear him giggling in there. And he's but clearly I know where he's at because he's in the same dance spot every time. Um, so that's you know that's usually his his go to game. He also has this math game where you you it's like these dinosaurs and you match it's like matching cards like memory yeah, cards yeah, or you yeah. flip them over yeah, yeah. so uh, he got that from his nan mom uh, not too long ago last couple of weeks so that we actually we played it almost an hour of that today that was good fun uh, we were just kind of socializing with my brother in law he came over we were making pizzas here at the kitchen and Soren and I were just kind of playing uh, card games. Um, playing outside with all his cars, uh, all his hot wheels. We have a sandbox that we made for him years ago and it's still one of his, his favorites. Um, and like I said, we have that big mountain of dirt that is supposed to go on a flower bed, but just hasn't, we just haven't gotten to it. And, uh, anyways, that he's built like a, a damn city on it and he's got all his cars out there. So, uh, we do that, um, out to the there's ton. The, the good thing about Spokane is there's just really awesome parks out here, especially near the riverfront. So, you know, when it's just him and I, especially or the earlier part of the day, right, like, you know, right after the gym, I mean, dealer's choice, we'll go down to Riverfront, we'll go down, Was as a matter of fact, we we took you there. Um, when you yeah, yeah. Were down. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went to Noli Brewery, so it's not far from there. Man. We'll do that. Well, there's a jumpy house, like one of those trampoline parks. We've done that a lot, hundreds of times. Um, he yeah. loves that. We're just, and it, again, that's just like, that's tag or chase like just jumping all over the damn place and getting my cardio and playing with him so it's dude it's it's the spectrum is massive you know but i like i said i really because look i i'm you know me i'm always there's always something on the docket right what i'm always working on something whether it's myself whether it's it's work related whether it's whatever yeah. it is i'm working on something and so there's never enough hours in the day and so that's my struggle is that I, how do I get all this stuff done without, yeah. but at the same time, creating moments and memories of my son, you know? And so again, that's, I haven't always been the best at it, but I've really made a concerted effort in the last, probably in the last year when it really just dawned on me that, you know, you can talk about all this shit about, you know, times of currency and blah, blah, we, but it's just, a, it's just the truth. You know, when we come to our deathbeds, we're never going to sit there and say, oh man, I spent way too much time with my children. <laughs> you're never going to be a thing we're ever going to say you know no. um yeah it's going to be the complete opposite so there was you know creating creating the space for them to be able to take the lead and ha and have some like child-led activities where dad's in you know like and dad's having a good time and they see dad's like dad's loving this stuff you know like dad can't get enough of the blocks. You know what I mean? Dad wants to do this memory game and he loves hide and seek so much. He never finds me when I'm under the table, you know? He's the worst. Also, also though, like 
the children are going to, again, with everything else, learn by observation. If you've got a load of stuff to get through and they see you getting through it, you're also laying down track on that part of life that there is, we get a goal, we come up with a plan, we strategize and we brief and go out and, and, and get after it. You know, that there are, there's a mission in work, you know, career, and then there's mission in getting the house set up or there's planned family activities, whatever it is that you're doing. And, you know, this juggling time and never having enough time, like that's, that's human. That's the human experience, right? Like there's always too many demands on us. We can't do everything that we want to do. But having him see you, you know, like you come home, dad puts his work boots and gloves on and gets in there and, you know, he's right in there shoulder to shoulder with mum as soon as he's home or they're cooking a meal together. That's also a really solid thing for ch children to observe because it's never going to be later like, you know, with the beer and the cigarette, you know, you need to plan your life and you need to have goals and that's never going to go in. But they've seen this struggle and this, you know, you got to pick and choose the stuff that you're going to get after and where you're going to put your time and you've got to have priorities in life. And they get to yeah. see that too. Yeah. And it's, you know, a perfect example was today I woke up, I don't know, six in the morning. I had to take the snow plow off the uh, quad, the uh, four by four. Um, so I got up, made some coffee. Aubrey got up, we chit-chatted for a little bit. Soren got up kind of not far behind us, which is really surprising. Um, and as soon as I went into the garage to start, you know, working on it to put the jack up, he was out there in his knickers, like just standing there. He's <laughs> just like, you know, just a little belly stick. And I was like, Daddy, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm taking the snowplow off the quad. Can I help? And I was like, sure. So he helps me jack it up. And he's he's just looking at all the tools and he's just like, oh, daddy, you know, he's yeah, yeah. asking me, like, why are you doing that? You know, so so you're right. He did see me actually have kind of like a regimented morning, had coffee, went straight to work, did a bunch of stuff around the property. And then, you know, I I just said, Hey, are you hungry? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. So I, we, I made him breakfast. We hung out. And then, you know, we just, that's shortly after that was when we went out and started playing with the cars. Uh, yeah, but yeah, just, you know, but I think you're right. I think it's important for him to see that like, look, dad does work, but he also stops yeah. and acknowledges. And now he's in my world, you know, and it's, and it might, sometimes it might only last for 30 minutes, but you know, yeah. you know, but you know, he's, but it's just, it's, it's important that I, that he knows that he is also at the center of the things that I'm trying to get done. It's not just, you know, work, work, work. Like it's, not, you know, not to get too personal, but my dad was one of those people where, you know, he just, that was just the generation, you know, for him, it was always, you know, he didn't make a lot of money. He worked long hours. Yeah. So, I mean, that's most of my memories with my dad, honestly, were him going to work and coming back from work and that, yeah. that very limited space we had in between. Um, and there was never really just Raph and, and Miguel. To, like, honestly, I, we might've had yeah. two that I could think of. Like just that's, and again, it's a different set of circumstances. You know, you, you're talking about a, a first generation migrant, you know, hard backbreaking work, five kids, fucking limited resources. I mean, the fact that, yeah. you know, trying to keep me away from, you know, joining yeah. every possible fucking vice you can and the streets that out, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, just valiant efforts on his, on his part. I'm very fortunate that I am, I've arrived where I have and, and I have the ability to, you know, create that environment where yeah. I can, like you 100%. said, I can, like, yeah. On the back of what your dad did, you know, crossing the desert with the bottle of water and the bread 
which is just, yeah. you know, you just, your heart, you think about doing that yourself in your own family and they're being in a position where he, with the sweat off his brow, created the life where you were able to off that platform in one generation get to where you are now. It's different, right? And I'm sure he would have loved to be able to do the stuff you're doing, but he wasn't in that situation. And that's the reality, you know, like getting resources is freaking hard work. Like that's the human experience, getting resources to live, to, to stay alive, not to, you know, have the gold-plated bloody toilet bowl, but just, just to have enough to keep, you know, soul and body connected is difficult. And how much the luckier are we? Like you saw that example of just like, and that was my dad too, like working a lot. Like he would come home in the evening at like 6.30 PM, sit on the, sit down and have like one beer. We'd all get a hug and he'd watch the news and, and dinner. And that was evening routine. You know, he'd work a lot of weekends as well, just as a businessman. And, but that stuff sinks in. So like, you know, I, I have no issue with just, if there's work that needs to be done, it just needs to be done, you know, and you, off you go. But to be in a position where you're able to ha have intentionality in your time when you're together and you're implanting the whole time. I think that's probably the, the key about this whole conversation is, you know, the example that, you, that you're setting in your actions is just going to greatly outweigh any, any statement or phrase that you're uttering at any other stage in your life. You know, and our, our children hopefully are observing like a loving mum and dad who really like each other, you know, look who look forward to seeing each other. And they see that it's not easy. They see that there's challenges and there's more to do than you can do and that there's going to be difficulties and but that they get to experience being important to you. You know, like just my week last week, when I'm on like a moment I've been waiting for for a long time was Sunday night. After, like, I missed my first whole rugby season ever this year. I had knee surgery back in September from meniscus tear, and that recovered really quickly. And I was like, how come I can't run on this knee? You know, like, it was the surgery bad or I need to do some physio? And I, I spoke to the surgeons like, no, 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 that's all good. All the soft tissue is fine, but you did bone-on-bone -bone damage. So the bottom of the – where those bones were rubbing, that's going to be like six, seven months. So Sunday night was the first time I went to touch – rugby and ran around the pitch with my son and I was really like getting the boots out of the cupboard and thinking man how's this going to go going down with Michael and we had 20 people on the rugby pitch and you know I got to run and throw the ball to my son at full speed you know and see him just gas some adults and like I just I haven't had that like for six months seven months and I was and I also had worried Raph that like Maybe this wasn't going to happen again because my knee, maybe it's jacked for good. You know, I'll have to do other exercise. Mm. And that was like my, in my last seven days, that was my most like cherished memory, like fa of, of like father time. I was being on the pitch and doing the stuff that I've loved. And, you know, when we we're coming home, Michael was like, he was commenting like, in another three and a half years, dad will be playing rugby together. And I'm like, man. And he's talking about this dream I've had for a long time of him at 18 playing men's rugby and me playing men's rugby with him, you know? 
and and I got to see his little face, and it's not little anymore. You know, he's got a freaking moustache. <laughs> and the, he's like, this is totally normal. You know, dad's back now. His knee's fine. We're going to run around and, you know, well, dad's going to have to maintain some fitness for the next four years because there's this game coming. Yeah. Anyway, that was. Yeah. That was, I think. I no, that's beautiful. I guess absolutely beautiful. Cause I could, I could picture his little face, like you said, that, but now it's got a mustache. So that's just funny altogether. Um, no, I, I was going to just say, you know, I think at the core of our conversation, I think at the core of what we've been discussing as fathers, as husbands, you know, as men, is the calculus, the calculus we're trying to figure out between, you know, taking the time away from our families, away from the people that we love to go get the resources, to get the stuff done versus, the, you know, that time that we're giving up. But these resources are important. Like that, that calculus yeah. is not not only is it important, it's like con, it's constant, right? Like it's a constant. Mm-hmm. I'm always reevaluating. I'm always, I'm always judging. You know, because make no mistake about it, man. Um, you know, we need money just like the next family. And so yeah. there's vacations in the horizon. There's things we need to fix. There's you know fucking cars that need like, just. So I need to go and I need to make this money, which means I'm, I might have to pick up an extra shift or I might have to go, you know, pick up an extra, whatever, a premium trip of some sort um, to help pay for whatever. And so that's the constant calculus that I'm always uh, going back and forth. It's like, you know, at the, at the end, there has to be a price, right? It's like, I'm willing to give up this time away from my family, for my son, you know, these cherished moments and over, over a price tag. And so that's that. And this is something that every person has to do. Like you have to, you have to understand what, what your time is worth. Like, really, you have to really understand that concept because there's been many a times where I'm like, you know, there's a special event coming up where I really wanted to be there. And, and you know, for whatever reason, like, I, I work was kind of in the way. And, you know, the debate is, do I use sick time? Do I try to drop the trip? To, you know, whatever. Like, how bad do I need this money? And, and I'm yeah. telling you that depending on what it is, sometimes I'm just like, look, man, I wouldn't miss this for the world. Like I have to be home. You know, sometimes your heart just tells you like, you know, fuck the money. Just, you could die poor. You're still going to die with a smile. Right. And, that, and, and that's not always easy um, to do. So it, really what I'm trying to get at is sometimes you're going to screw, you're going to F up that calculus equation. And sometimes you're going to get it yeah. just right. You're, you're literally going to nail it just right. You're going to be like, damn, I made the right decision. You know? Um, it, so don't beat yourself up too, too hard. Cause Cause yes. I do, you know, I, I, I'm always like bashing myself for making mistakes, but I'm like, it's just, it's just the way it is. And he, here's the thing. When, when these kids we're talking about when they're 46, 47, they're going to have to be having this same calculus and, and they're going to be making these same decisions. There's still going to be resource acquisition is going to be a thing like constant work is part of being a human. So don't bellyache about it. Right. Like, We've just been watching my mate, Mike Atkinson, Outback Mike on Alone Australia. They just did this TV show where you dropped in the bush and you left and you're, you know, 10 miles from the nearest person and there's no challenges, there's no interaction with directors. You just, you got to survive on your own. So this guy's a mate of mine since 2007. He's an ex-Australian Army combat survival instructor, extensive training in the military and with uh, the Indigenous people in Australia in the north about how to live off the land. And he's just carried on gaining more and more skills. And he was all, all those falls back in 2007. 
So here he is on this show and he's got nothing. And I really, like I watched this show because he's on it. And if anyone wants to see it, YouTube, Outback Mike and Alona Strait. It's it's compelling TV. This guy's got a skill set and it was a difficult environment there. And I really have just been thinking a lot from this show about how difficult it is to be a human. And I don't mean now in 2023, like this is not the same. But 250,000 years of humans, just like us, of just constant sun up to sunset, graft all day just to survive that day. Like that's the human experience. And so when you put that into a 2023 mentality, it is resource acquisition is difficult. You know, for us to have these four walls around us and electricity and light at night and safety and all of that sort of stuff and an outside where the wild animals are and inside where it's safe. But this is not normal. And so it's what you and I are doing and what heaps of parents are doing and every parent is doing, like having to have that calculus and that balance between time and effort for resource acquisition. It's not to be sneezed at. And our kids are going to be in that same position when they're adults. And if they see us working at it with intention and sometimes getting it wrong, like that's also okay because they will also make these same mistakes and, you know, maybe over-prioritize fun for a bit and like, oh man, and then have a bit of suffering and then have to work a bit harder and try and find their way to the balance. But they're seeing at least a bit of intentionality in this space. Dad's off and he's working hard and he's gained difficult skills and he's in this position where he is bringing in the resources. And when he's home, he's engaged with mum, he's engaged with me, he's here with the family. There's still work he's doing, but then there's also fun and love. And I think if you're putting these things in the mix, you've got to be halfway there, you know, as fighting through what we're all trying to do and just being good parents and raising good people. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately the, the, the goal, right, is to raise these little savages to, to be productive members of society. Yeah, and their own happiness and fulfillment is going to come largely from the same things, you know, from having a mission in life that they're getting out and getting after and they're going to have that satisfaction of bringing in resources and providing for their own family and then balancing that love and connection and, you know, the scout going out in front, doing, finding the way and coming back home to family with the wagons. It's all of us. And, uh, you know, if you can do it intentionally and provide that example and you're going to get it wrong and there's going to be conflict and there'll be conflict resolution and they'll learn from that as well. How do mum and dad relate to each other when there's difficulties and someone's upset? All of this is getting imprinted and it's all going to go you know, this is the stuff that's chiseled in stone and the things you say are like written in the sand, you know, with your fingertip. Uh, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty smart way of saying it, actually. It's true. It's, it's, it's so true. All right. We're probably close to the end of the episode here, Raph. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to drop any thoughts you had in this space just before we wind up? No, I mean, again, I just really re- reiterate not to the listener, but it's really just to myself is that, you know, time is the only real currency that we should worry about. Like that, that's again, the calculus of every day is, you know, how do I maximize the time with my family? Now, again, that might turn out you leaving for a couple of days to make the money, to pay for the stuff, 
to give you the space for a week or four days or whatever. Um, and then when you're there, don't forget why, why you made that sacrifice. Cause it's easy. It's it, look, it's easy to get lost in the bullshit. It's easy to like, you know, there's so much nonsense in the ether. It's so easy. Um, and it's, you know, hopefully if you're lucky like me and in fortunate, like Melon, you've got those little faces that look up at you. That that's a quick reminder, right? That, you know, screw the rest of that nonsense in the ether. It's what's in front of you is the most important thing. And, you know, they, they do a really good job at that. They do. I mean, Soren does a phenomenal job of just looking up at me and I'm like, yep, everything else is bullshit. <laughs> I'm here. Let's go do the thing. Great summary, man. All right. So we're probably at the end of the episode there. Uh, guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it out into your network. We're available on all the social media. We get all your messages on the, the grams, the Instagram, the Facebook. We get the emails. Um, we love reviews. If we're not doing a good job, send that direct and we'll do what we can to fix it. And if you're going to leave a public review, just we love the five stars. Um, we're also doing on Saturdays, we're doing, we're trying to do a new thing in Instagram lives where we're just taking feedback and interacting with you guys. If you want to jump on with a question, if you want to send us topics ahead of time, go right ahead. Uh, and you know, if, if we can be adding some value into the community, that's what we're all about. And just one last thing, a shout out. We've got a new member of the team. We've got Stephanie who's, uh, joined us as like a bit of a social media wizard. And we just, if you've seen a bit of a change in the product, it's because the three gorillas are not really doing it anymore. And there's someone who knows what they're doing has been adding some flair and uh, making that stuff uh, like just a lot of effort, figuring those things out. So from us to you guys, unfortunately next week, you might have uh, Mike back again, but we'll do what we can to, to keep him off. And uh, until then, take care and, you know, look after your family, consider some of the stuff we've talked about here. We'd love to hear the feedback, guys.